everybody. Welcome back to Sister Brunch with me, Fanchon Cox, and my gorgeous, talented, smart Anya Adams. We have this great guest today on our show. Her name is Janice Whitehead. She's a digital utility and film loader. Raise your hand, make a comment if you even know what that is. Now she learned this trade through Panavision's two-year program in 2016. And since then, Janice has worked on many, many shows, including Insecure on HBO and also the Netflix show Hentified, which is also doing really, really well. Janice got her first taste of the business when she co-directed a movie called Gideon's Cross as part of the Outfest Outset program. So look at how you can get started. Somebody who didn't even go to film school, okay? She did not go to film school. And not only did she not go to film school, she didn't have anybody in her family that had a background in anything that had to do with Hollywood. She's a talented musician and she studied Spanish in college, which, you know, I'm kind of excited about because I did too. That was my major in undergrad. Uh, Janice considered careers in both fields, but all of that changed when she got into the Outfest program in LA. And so she's going to tell us all about that. We talked to Janice last summer um, and we were actually in Anya's apartment. Um, We got to cover all kinds of subjects like how to advocate for yourself when you're kind of new to the game in Hollywood and how she ended up improving her earning power. Just before that though, Janice is going to start by telling us how her career goals changed after she spent a year abroad in España. Here we go. I came back home and said, okay, I either want to see what the music industry is like, what TV is like, and film. Because I thought TV and film were more separate, like with features and TV. Yeah. So I just wanted to just kind of float. So I had gone because I had missed Pride in Madrid. I missed Pride in San Francisco, LA. I was like, okay, like, let me just go to this film festival, Outfest in Los Angeles. Yeah. Oh, cool. At least they'll have, like, queer films. going to be some queer films of color. The one I really remember was the Alice Walker uh, Beauty and Truth. Mm-hmm. And they had Ava DuVernay moderate. And I remember oh. I had just heard of her because oh. she had done Sundance maybe a year or two before. And so I really didn't know what she was about yet. You know what I mean? But it was like, okay, like, you know, you keep reading. I was abroad. You're reading about people talk about, you know, a new renaissance and this and that creatively. And like, we grew up right like down the street from the Merc. You know, it's kind of full circle in that way. That's like, if I'm watching this documentary with this black woman, that's talking about her queerness and her womanhood and also her Southern roots and walking through, you know, the house she grew up in. Did you see a documentary? No. Like she's walking in her childhood home. And, like, she's trying to describe, you know how writers talk. Writers can talk about their characters like they're sitting right next to them. And so she has, like, all the ghosts of her characters in this house. And as she's looking at the wallpaper, she's talking about how back when she grew up, her mom had basically taken, like, paper bags and made wallpaper out of it. Wow. And the house was condemned, but you're seeing the, the basically the brown paper bags still peeling off the walls in the house. And so um, when I was there, they introduced this program by basically being, like, you're between the ages of 16 and 24 and you're young and queer. If you just want to make a film, come make it with us. And so I was like, okay, wow. I'm broke. <laughs> and so I applied and then when I got in, somebody said, do they know that you don't know how to make a film? <laughs> like, do they know that? And I was like, yeah, they know that. They like, and they still want you. I'm like, that's what they said. And so we went there, we made a film. Okay, let's, can, can you, <laughs> what, what do you think was in your application that really, you know, spoke to them? Well, I just kind of spoke about who I was and 
the kind of images I want to see. Some of my friends saying, like, we're like, yeah, we've never been closeted, but when you grow up in South LA, it just looks different. Yeah. Your family knows, but it's still a certain way that you even have those conversations, just the approach. It's just different. And so um, I did that film, and I just kept basically... When you say you did that film, what yeah. did you do? What did you exactly did you do? Y'all like the memoirs. We want to know, Janice. We want to know. One of my partners they hooked me up with in the program, his name is Damone Williams. He wrote this short film, because the way they put us together, you break up in groups, kind of like it was modeled after Film Independence Project Involved. Great. You take yes. 15 people, break them up in groups. Somebody's a writer, somebody's a director, and the other person a producer. Said okay. that. His script was about what would it look like if the thing, which was AIDS in his film, that the society tells you is, is the monster, the beast, or this really evil, like, fear-mongering thing, what if it's the thing that actually saves your life? Mm. It was a short film playing with those elements about queerness and sci-fi and, like, hella black. Like, that's awesome. That's the film that we made. It's called Gideon's Cross. Nice. We made it in 2014. Yes. Hey, it's Anya, and you're listening to Sister Brunch. We'll be right back. Join our community. You can join us on Twitter at Sister Brunch and also on Instagram at Sister Brunch Podcast. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to Sister Brunch. This is Anya Adams. Let's get back to our conversation. Our guests know how to do more than just the thing that they're coming on here to talk talk about. about, Yeah. And that means everything. I mean, it means, first of all, racism, because we have to, right? Like, we have to know all of it, right? Mm -hmm. But also, it it makes you better at the job that you... And we talk about that a lot, like how, like, the job you may currently have may be the quote-unquote entry level, but you have to go through so many more steps than somebody's nephew who just happened to be unemployed at the time. And it's really aggravating when you see it, you know, you don't want to get distracted by it. And it's right. like, I get distracted. you know what film is, you know, <laughs> I, film is we think like dog is, right? Like you're not a model, you won't age out. If anything, you're supposed to get more seasoned. Right. But at the same time, I've only been at it for five years and you see people who just don't even try and they're the one that's hiring you as a day player. And right. it's like really right. aggravating because it's like, right. You know, you want to push them up, but at the same time, you want to be humble. Like, okay, well, I'm new in film years. Like, let me take my time with it. But at the same yeah. time, they got to go. Okay, it's so you did this film, yeah, did the film. And you probably got a taste of filmmaking. I got a little that. taste of it. Yeah. A little bit of how, at least how, um, like, a student film, like, short, like, yeah. will work. Those sets for run. And so I kind of put the word out um, with the mentor I had at the time when I shot the film. There's Terry Siegel, and now she DPs uh, TV. At the time, she was doing music videos and such, and she just doing her own thing. So I was like, listen, I want to get into filmmaking. And one of her biggest pieces of advice to me was, unless you go back, like where I went to school, it was called Columbia College Chicago. She was like, I would really try to just... um, just get on sets, like, maybe it's, like, an AFI set here, just help out somewhere there, just shadow, like, you can come shadow me, like, I don't care, just, basically just get your feet wet. Yeah. And then somebody else said, well, you know, my brother's a first AC. I was like, I don't even know what that is. Right. <laughs> and they're what like, is well, a just, first AC? Yeah. <laughs> so if you have a, um, you had an A camera first, AC. Yeah, um, so AC the, is assistant, assistant camera. camera. Right? Yeah. If you have your A camera first AC, they're the ones that, have the operators back when it comes to building their camera, but also the DPs back when it comes to managing the whole department. So managing staffing, managing gear, and also managing bills, uh, managing setups. When they're doing rehearsals, they're the ones calling out how we're building. So when they call for camera, we just roll right in. When you say building, you mean like 
we need this lens on yeah, the camera. Yeah, we need camera, this lens. We need 40 on um, sticks, uh, make them standards, some rolling spreaders. Slow down for one second yep. so we can talk about that. So on, on your phone, if mm-hmm. you're interested in camera right. lenses, you can buy an app called Artemis. Mm-hmm. There's also an app called Cad Rage. Right. And they have all the different lenses and all the different cameras on mm-hmm. it. So you can pair them together depending on what you're working with. You take stills see, with it. Yeah, and take mm-hmm. stills with it. And you can put videos, your phone, yeah. not like you can put the camera's info into the phone. So if yeah. you're shooting on a Alexa Mini, you could put that in there. You're shooting on Optimo lenses, you could put those in there. That's the thing that's crazy with cameras that technology changes. Like we always so say that. every six months, but it's even quicker than that. Yeah, that's what, mm-hmm. what I was going to ask you about that too, because obviously the the job of a focus puller must have changed drastically and continues, continues to, to change. with digital. Because right? even like what for, you what you focus pull with, yeah, you can you can use like a system like Preston Systems, which is one way of doing it. It's kind of the legacy way of doing it, or you can use the new technology that they have for like how the Airy WCU four. It just depends on what you prefer. Also, okay, see, Motion has it. It's basically all these different manufacturers. Some of them make cameras and accessories. Some of them only make accessories. Let's back up for a second. Okay. And if I'm watching you on set right. for, I, I come on set and there you are. Tell us where you are on uh-huh. set and what I exactly do. what you do if I'm watching you. Physically. Right now I'm working as a film loader. So if you see me on set, nowadays the way staff is that sometimes I do utility work as well which is running village. So my first uh, concern is making sure everyone can see. To and me, video, this video is video village, village video where village, people are able where to. producers are able to sit and watch the content, able to give notes and feedback. They sit there with their sound comps. They can hear audio as well, seeing the picture. All right, so they're usually separated from the set, but mm-hmm. not that far. Not too you far. Got you wires want to keep them as close right? as possible, but yeah. a, a good enough distance where they can discuss what's happening. Okay. I guess fast forward with the story is that when that first AC basically told me, if I hire you right now, kid, I'm going to fire you before lunch. So the best thing you can do for yourself is I'll put in a good word for you at Pan Vision Hollywood where I always go prep. At the time, he was a, a first AC, always working for his one DP, always got a Pan Vision Hollywood. And he said they have this two-year program there that's unadvertised, only paper applications. And if you just keep calling them nonstop, like, they'll hire you, but just drop my name. And I was being naive then, like, I don't want to just drop somebody's name. name I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah, you know, like, I'm going to do myself. myself. I but I was calling them from March until Labor Day. And after every major holiday, they kept telling me, call back. And then when I finally dropped his name, he said, oh, you should have just said that. <laughs> <laughs> Which is such an important thing yeah, about Liz, Hollywood. It's how that? important. Yeah, it took six months because I mean, it's can like call back at the again? Memorial Day, call back for July, yeah. call back the Labor Day. sometimes. <laughs> yeah, and, and just drop your name. Because yes, you're so yeah. afraid of being that person that's pulling that card or using that yeah. nepotism. I just should have just dropped the name. At least it would have got me interviewed sooner. They use the referrals to be able to sift through the pile because she will have a pile like 300 applications. At least get the interview. It's easier for them to pull you out the stack because they have like a heavy workload out the base like every day. The name matters. You went and got experience there with the intent to come back to work on set. Exactly. But being at Panavision, you learned all about the practicalities of camera. So you probably made yourself very invaluable in the sense that whatever show you worked on that was connected to Panavision, right. you knew how to repair those That's cameras, exactly you knew all those kind of things. Uh-huh. Is that you use it as a calling card in that yeah. way because if they can trust you, it's just all about game building trust. If they yeah. can trust you in the rental house to get the thing they ask for immediately yeah. because they're having their DPs giving their changes all day long. Yeah. The DP may go like at 2 p.m. if they've almost prepped the like majority of stuff. Hey, actually, I think I want to do this instead. Well, now you got to flip all that stuff and get them everything they need. And so it's just a building a game of trust because working at Panvision takes you away from set. 
Right. So I was one of those kids who didn't go to film school, didn't have experience on set, only knew about three people just from like the little experience I had without set. And so it's kind of like, well, now I hope those people can trust me to bring me on set and not to learn set. Yeah. Which is a whole different beast. Different beast. And I did have a few people who liked me, but DP named Polly Morgan. Oh. I'm not saying she was the first one to give me a job out the gate. And she was when like told me, like, hey, like you don't have a job leaving? I said, no. Because a lot of people finish the program early, having a TV show or movie or something. Oh. And I was like, no, not yet, you know, like trying to be hopeful. Like, yeah. you know, <laughs> like hopefully, you know, I work hard. Somebody's gotta call. Like, you know, just being patient for it. And she was like, Well, I got this Netflix thing, like. Basically, like, come be my B camera second. We're actually in 600 as a loader. Just come, like, they play with this. 600 is the union. 600 is the union. Okay. We're IIT. And how did you get into the union? Working oh. at Panavision um, gives you that wow. camera background, but you don't have your days yet. So oh. they have a position that's utility, so it's not rostered. And okay. at least then they had three different rosters, commercial, TV, and then industry experience. Uh-huh. And so one of the guys who just finished, they were just like, well, listen, join this utility. You, okay. you don't have to pay the 5000 up front, but you do have to pay a deposit. And the rest is broken down to payments, no interest. And so, it's 5000 in total? Or in, once in you total get in, for the you, position. Okay, but then for once you, you move you, up? You do, you do pay dues, and you pay the difference as you move up. Okay. But at least the the baseline is join this utility, 5000 Okay. And so one of the guys said, okay, well, you know a lot of people based on people who finish here yeah. who are working on their show, so you know what shows all your friends are on. And then you know what shows that your mentors or your future bosses will be on because you helped them prep. Right. So then he basically told me, make an Excel sheet. And I still struggle with Excel, but at least I had them online. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was just like, okay, these are the friends I know that are working in my position that are out already. And these are the people who are ACs who could hire me. And these are shows that, that they're going to be on. So I basically blasted everyone and said, this is my end date at Panavision. If you ever just need an extra hand, I'm already 600. You're listening to Sister Brunch. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with more of our conversation with Janice Whitehead. Hey, welcome back to Sister Brunch. I'm Fanchon Cox, and now back to our conversation. I'm going to bring this up because we're seeing some recurring themes in our stories, and I think they're important. And you talked about why you were able to kind of move up and people wanted to work with you again, which mm-hmm. is that you were pleasant to work with and <laughs> for real. Like, and, yeah. and it's, and it's tough too, because there can be pleasant and then folks can also walk all over you. That's like how do you, still. and especially in this industry mm-hmm. when you don't look like anybody else who's there. Right. right? So like, how do you walk that line between being somebody who is pleasant to work with and, you know, that they, they enjoy being around, but at the mm-hmm. same time, standing your ground if you're being, you know, abused. Yeah, it's, it's been difficult. Mm. One thing I've learned is, like, that you do have to advocate for yourself. Mm-hmm. And starting out, that was the hard part. You know, people say, just be sweet, just be sweet. And you think that that will carry, and it just doesn't. Right. And it's also choosing the ACs who will also back you up when they say that's starting to happen. Because with Cameron, with the hierarchy of it, with my position, everyone else is my boss. Really going to the job, the thing I had to learn was picking the ACs who didn't have that kind of personality from the old way they did camera. They treated their loaders like a personal assistant. Okay. But then also find the ACs who um, advocate for you as well, who actually had that like authoritative power to be able to say, okay, no, that's not how we're going to run this department this year or whatever. So it's been difficult. I wouldn't say I've, I've mastered that yet. It's still like one of those things because 
if I get aggravated or, or agitated or whatever, even if it's, like, rightfully so, based on appearances, you know, you're going to be that angry black bitch. You know what I mean? Right, like, right. So it was just one of those that's things good. that I'm still working on. That's, like, how do I balance being kind and also considerate and, and then not be a thing to basically be, like, I want AC Tommy. Oh, Janice's amazing. She'll do it without even asking. I feel like it's very difficult, and especially in mm-hmm. positions like you're in where mm-hmm. you are on the bottom of the totem pole. Right. It doesn't matter about the camera department or the right. rest of the crew. Mm-hmm. You are looked upon as the bottom of the yeah. totem pole. So there's a lot of, a lot of that's stress the crazy with thing that. with that because it's like yeah. when it comes to authority and, and who has the right to say what. Sometimes you'll see, at least within my department, you'll have um, a certain hierarchy that is is so old school. It's like belittling in a lot yeah. of ways. But then right. you'll see the creator of a show go make their own play. But then you'll have this AC yeah. tell you they don't like a certain sauce. You know what I mean? So it's right. just like, okay. it's still bizarre. And I feel like it's changing, but not fast enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we know when you become the DP. Oh, yeah, I'm not going to be that you, way. We know how you'll be oh, when you Oh, no, I don't even let people now. Because sometimes now, like, if if a PA is really green and they see your hustling, at the end of the day, you're still union. You're still a PA, should I do things for you? Because they want to, like, maybe get to you. And I'm still like, no, no, no. I can throw in my own trash and get my own water. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's just you don't have to um, haze people to be yeah, able right. to give them the information right. they need to go forward. Okay. Let's talk about salary. Oh, yeah. When I first left Panavision, I was only making about, like, 20 grand a year. I basically penny pinched, and I was at a deficit by putting certain expenses on credit cards mm-hmm. and then putting the rent and stuff on cash. Or, like, mm-hmm. splitting the check by being like, okay, the... First check of the first half of the month is going to go towards all these other expenses, but I'm going to save about half of that because the second check at the end of the month is going to go towards all the rent. And so then uh, first year out, it ended up doubling. It was about like maybe like 55 or something thousand. And then last year, it doubled from that, and I made over six figures. How did that work? How it was the number happen? of shows I took because Panavision was 9 to 5, and I finished that in the fall. So I had like a pretty slow winter. And then I got my first, I guess, big break with TV with Insecure Season 2. After that, I said, okay, I never really had a nine-year career. I only had those six months between Panavision and Insecure Season 2. So just kind of day play with union stuff and then do some, like, nine-year commercials just to get my feet wet. And then after Insecure, I never did another nine-year job unless it was a favor for somebody. Because I just told myself in that moment, okay, if I do this well, the white people will notice and they'll bring me on to the next thing. And I did one more show that year in the fall based on a recommendation from someone. And then that fall-winter job carried over to spring. I did another job back-to-back, did a summer job back-to-back, and I took the winter off last year. So it was just kind of like, I just, I you know. I can actually take some time <laughs> exactly. off Exactly. another thing I had to learn, too. Taking time off. Yeah, taking yeah. time off and not being afraid if you take that time off, someone won't call you for the next one. Right. Right. Because it is kind of scary in this industry when you are working kind of like project to project. Mm-hmm. Like, you always feel like you need to have that next yeah. job to mm-hmm. stay relevant. And people be asking you, before you even rap, you'd be a month from rapping and people are like, so who are you going with next? Who's yeah. Right. Who's calling you? Yeah. Where's your right. DP? Yeah. How'd you deal with that? Constant pressures. Twitter. (laughs) Twitter. (laughs) Because they had this group on there called uh, Black Creatives. And it's all about that. You guys see, you know about it. Where it's kind of like people forget to talk about like the spiritualism of freelance work and about how much of it is not only investing yourself, but just trusting that the good will pay off. Yeah. And so that's just kind of what it was with money. Because I at least told myself that, okay, if I work hard enough, like, the money will follow, the money will follow. So I chase the money. I'm working with people I don't like or don't treat me well 
or just aren't like operating like on the same morale. So yes. at least what I told myself and it's been paying off in that way to say, okay, well now I'm not a deficit. Now I can save, now I can invest, now I can do things differently. Do you feel like you had to do the Panavision program to be able to get into where I you are versus do. like some mm-hmm. other person who knows? White man. Yeah. <laughs> some white man. I talked about that on my shows when I felt like I was treated pretty poorly last summer. Uh-huh. And one of the ACs who told me, I want you to know that you're not just basically a person just go fetch stuff. You're not just a runner. Yeah. And we were talking about that, like how we both had the same training, just at different branches of Panavision. Uh-huh. And people didn't doubt that he knew X, Y, and Z when it came to the department. Whereas with me, if I step on and you're new, they want to talk to me like it's my first time on set without even really interviewing me to see where I came from, right. what shows, who I may have worked for, where I feel like sometimes... If I was a white boy, they go, okay, hey, what show are you on? Oh, my buddy's on that show. Whereas yeah. in me, they treat you like they're doing you a favor just from allowing you to be there yeah. without even truly interviewing you and even knowing your experience. Yeah. yeah, just because, I mean, having now really talked to you about your experience, mm-hmm. you seem way more qualified than a lot Thank of you. the, the you loaders. The loaders? Way. I mean, yeah. that's the lowest position. in like You are that's such an level. asset mm-hmm. to any camera department because you. of your knowledge. Right. And I feel like, you know, it's usually like a PA that's like we were talking about Spielberg and Colin Trevorrow and, and like how, how like he saw himself and this young guy and let me give you an opportunity. And right. that's kind of, you know, typically how that and goes. And I've had good opportunities from that, from like if there's ever been a beat and the bosses ask me, hey, like, what's your angle? Because this, this ain't it. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And we talk about they've brought me along like the ride alongs to see the tech scouts and that's to great. put the good word good. in. Opportunities have come from it. It's just, I guess, a matter of, of patience, knowing that if you're putting the work in, like, it'll come back to you tenfold. It's just a matter of when, not if. And do, well, you, do you talk about, I mean, do you let people know that I that's do. what you want? Good. Like, tell about balancing that. Yeah. I, I don't do it unsolicited. I do come in, just focus on my work, and then when people start to notice, like, okay, you're more than just that, and they talk to me about it, then I do let them know, like, what the end goal is. See, but this is what I'm getting at, though. You are obviously doing something different mm-hmm. than most of the loaders are doing. doing. What do you mm-hmm. think that is? Just number one appearances. When I walk into the set, I feel like I'm unapologetic about who I am. Okay. I don't have yes. to play straight. I don't have to straighten my hair. I don't have to do yes. these things because yeah. I just am who I am, as a yes. matter of fact. Yeah. Okay. So there's that. There's certain things you may not think are, quote, unquote, like militant or revolutionary. Some people may say, okay. Well, this kid, honestly, like, it's not going to apologize for X, Y, and Z, like, even down to, like, my accent. Like, I'm not going to clean up for you. Just got to understand it because I got to understand you. You got to understand me. And yeah. speaking the same. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. We speak, we're speaking the same filmic language here. Yeah. And then um, making sure, like, with Village, some loaders and utilities just pass their little wireless, they give you picture, and then you never see them again. Me, I'm old school. If I pass by you, it's like how my grandma said, you walk into a room the elder, you're going to say good morning first. I always say my good mornings. I always say my how are you's and we talk. Now, some people in Karen may not like that, but it's worked out for me for the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. So it's just a matter of just getting to know people, getting to know people that you're working with and not thinking too much into the culture of hierarchy about how some people don't even talk to the PAs. Right. They only want to smooth with a certain producer because they want this job or and I don't think, think like that works that out. That PA could future. be Matthew Cherry. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Or, 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 just, or, 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 yeah. just the way they come up. That's the same with like the way I see myself is like right now I'm really enjoying camera department. I still am enjoying witnessing the aspect of cinematography on that level. I'm still finding value in playing my part in camera, but at the same time I feel like there's so much more I could be learning 
from a production aspect mm-hmm. that I don't want to seem quote unquote distracted from what I'm doing in the camera. Cause it's really cool how we tell the story from this side of the lens, but what about from the other side? Cause like how my mother says two, uh, two sides of the same coin. That's awesome. Thank, Thank you so Thank much. You. Thank, Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you. That was our conversation with Janice Whitehead. Janice is a digital utility and film loader and has worked on several shows, including Insecure on HBO. That's where we met. And thank you again for listening to Sister Brunch with Fanchon Cox and me, Anya Adams, this week. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Shout out to Cristobal and Zia Boadi, who's our executive producer. She's the one with the British accent who interrupts us from time to time. Our show producer and all-around social media queen is Brittany Turner. We'll be back next Tuesday, so look out for us then. Don't forget to subscribe and rate our show wherever you get your podcasts. Visit our website, we're at sisterbrunch.com, and follow us on Twitter at Sisterbrunch, on Instagram at Sisterbrunch Podcast, and on Facebook at Sisterbrunch Podcast. See you next week. <laughs>